It's 10.55 a.m. On a rainy Friday. In the morning, sitting in my room. This is what I learned from Chris Voss, Never Split the Difference. Episode 98 of the American Entrepreneur Podcast. Your morning coffee, if you're an entrepreneur. Chris Voss, Never Split the Difference, is a book from a FBI negotiator. I believe hostage and terrorist negotiator, to be specific. And it goes over lessons in the assimilation of what he's learned over his life throughout his career of being an FBI negotiator, one of the top in the world. That's not somebody you'd want to ignore. That's not somebody that you'd want to miss out on. And this book has put my ability to articulate myself in a sail through the roof in just a few days. Now, one thing I want to say is I have years of experience of sales and negotiating. Over-the-phone sales, in-person sales, teaching people marketing, teaching people sales, negotiations, contacting businesses, closing them on my own behalf for work. have years of doing this. And through those years, there's a few things that I know that you guys are missing out on when it comes to how to negotiate correctly. And see, that's the problem. Is you're missing out on the real secrets and you're wasting all of your time reading all of these books that aren't going to help you. And a part of you knows that. I think. And because of that, you don't want to waste your time. You don't want to not become the great person in your field who you set out to be. You don't want to be a failure in any of your own personal goals, no matter what, do you? So this is that book that's going to help you with those. If you decided that you didn't want to miss out on your opportunity to be great at what you're doing. And so what this book has helped with the most is it's made me realize how to use pain as leverage more often in a sale. That's the number one thing it's taught me. I'm going to say that up front. How to use pain as leverage. And how to use what's already there instead of trying to create a sale. And so, after years of doing door-to-door sales and sitting down with CEOs, I had a buddy of mine say that buddy of his who did marketing would sit down with owners and the sale would go something like this. He'd sit down, how are you, good morning, why did we decide to meet here today, then sit down and say, say, okay, perfect, what are your goals? And then just sit back and be quiet. What are your goals? What do you want? Why are we here? What are we here to accomplish? What's the mission? What's the plan? What's the goal? And so what I learned is that selling and negotiating is a listening exercise and it's a excavation exercise. When I was about 
19, 20 years old. I'm 28 now. I was about 19, 20 years old. I would go door to door and sell for these little pop-up firms. And they had Fortune 500 companies that they would sell products for. It's basically a sales firm. I mean, it's, it's just a bunch of salespeople selling products. I believe Salesforce is integrated in a lot of these things. Uh, not sure if they're official, but Sidcore, Smart Circle, a lot of these places, right? And so here's the problem is they would have us walk around and learn how to sell, but only a few people really knew what they were doing. And one thing that did help is the one thing that you need to know that actually did help was we would go door to door and we would write down everything the person already wanted. So, I would take a piece of paper and I would say on an AT&T campaign. So about how many TVs do you guys have? What shows do you guys watch? What's most important to you about your cable or your internet? Have you been seeing fluctuations in your internet? What made you want to sign up with them to begin with? And I'll write down all the things that you already value. And that helped more than anything else in sales. Because now I had something to say. And it, it cemented in my head that if there's no value, then there's no sale. Later, that turned into if there's no problem, there's no solution. Is what that ended up being later on. Unless there's discontent, you can't sell a person. You have to find discontent where it already is. And so what it showed me is through following his tools, tactics, and procedures to excavate that it's almost impossible to not close a deal when you know every single thing possible in the person's mind of how they make decisions. You're a decision architect. And it's, it's funny because I've said that myself in sales before. And I thought I was the shit, which, you know, you're going to think I'm a moron. But when I, when I really got into sales, that's what I realized here. Is I said, holy shit, sales is just being in a decision architect. So what you're really doing is finding out why people make decisions. Of course, you can guide them here, there, and there. But if you don't know what you're working with, then it doesn't matter. So if you know where to organize things, the last thing you're leaving out is excavating what you're working with so for sales years and sales years and years and years and years they'll show you this is what should happen this is what you should say but they never necessarily get you better at saying well what does the person across from me actually want and they'll say that but they'll say it as kind of like a sideline thing or they'll be like okay you know the three things they want I think that Chris Voss went deeper with that. I think that's what he did. Is he once he realized that was the 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 gold, he just went deeper and deeper and deeper. He just did that for years, and it worked. Crazy idea, and it worked. Now the issue is, if we didn't have a Chris Voss, us salespeople would be doing stupid shit that's not really excavating and getting the job done for years and years and years. 
who knows the amount of good that they've done with these tactics. And so you have to figure out where the pain is already in a negotiation. You don't create it. You're not there to create value. Like That is the least thing that you're doing is attempting to create value. They'll sign up with a person who makes them afraid of what's to lose before they'll sign up with a person who actually has a good product. There, I said it. If you sit down and frame what they have to lose, they'll sign up with you before they sign up with a person with a good product. And so how do you know where to leverage that page, that pain? Well, you got to get better at asking. If you want to know how to leverage that pain, you got to get better at asking. So yes, the book goes over things like tone of voice. The book goes over things like his field experience using this. A lot of case studies, great case studies on exactly how this works and how it could backfire and the problems that will happen in the field and real things that you're going to run into that you absolutely need to know or else you're going to be negotiating incorrectly for the rest of your life. Do you want that? You're going to negotiate incorrectly for the rest of your life if you don't listen to this book. And I assure you that. And all the efforts that you're doing in life, including convincing the people you care about, are going to be a waste of your time. You're never going to get where you're going. Do you want that for the rest of your life? So it taught me how to play on pain and fear in the amygdala more than anything else. And even if they're like, well, I know what you're doing, it's not going to make a difference. Because if you're in a dangerous situation and someone's threatening you with your own perception of fear, you're not going to be like, I know what you're doing. You're like, no, I'm actually in danger. It doesn't matter if I know what you're doing. If someone takes you hostage or some, some crazy like that, then... You being like, I know you're just holding me hostage to scare me, so I give you money. I know what you're doing. I I see your tactic. It's not going to change the fact that that's your perceived limits of danger and fear in your own personal life. So, if you can play on the amygdala, then people start making decisions because a perceived loss makes two times as much impact. As a perceived gain. A perceived loss. A perceived and possible loss. Makes two times as much impact. On the person's decision making process. Than a perceived gain. Meaning. If I tell you you can make a million. Or I tell you you can lose a million. You're always going to care more about losing a million than making a million. You, you care two times as much about losing money as you do about making money.
And in general, those are, that's another thing the book taught, right? Is money and all those things, those are kind of surrogate, those are vanity metrics. A person is really ran by their own personal values and what they personally value. So if you can find what they value and you can find what they are afraid of, then it's pretty, it's, what more would you need? Pretty fucking easy to close that deal. And so I've been listening to this audiobook on repeat, on repeat. Starting to rain a little heavier outside there. I've been listening to it on repeat, on repeat, on repeat every day. Everything I do, it's in the back of my head. It's on repeat when I cook. That's the that's the time. Like I listen to it throughout the day. When, when cooking, you know, that's when the buttons press the most. Audible. It plays through your ears while you cook, and you're hearing negotiating negotiating, negotiating stories, negotiating strategy. And then when you go hit the phones in the day, you don't have to deal with not knowing what to say or how to say it. And you don't want to go to any person, do you? Any random person. Yeah, you'd want to go to the top person in the world so you didn't end up wasting your time. All the rest of the books you're reading, waste of time. You're going to spend so much time and so many hours, so much effort and energy wasting your time and not getting anything back. You can, you can approach that goal however you want. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to the top of the top of the top and make sure that I focus on them. And now you got competition like guys like me. Which we both know who's going to win there. Right? I'm listening to the top, the top, the top. You're listening to a bunch of random ass people who may or may not be vetted correctly, regardless the length of their career, to really. I mean, this guy's saved hostages, done terrorist negotiations, and you're going to waste your time going to a bunch of other random salespeople. Do you want to make less money? And so again, what this book has done the most is it shows you how to leverage fear. Fear, the amygdala, it shows you how to how to leverage just pain in general. How to inflict pain. How to inflict psychological pain. By making them scratch where they already itch. And it taught me that people care more about their loss than they do their gain. So anything you sell, and I've, it's, it, I've said this before on many podcasts you can go listen to, you do not sell the solution. And so having somebody who's tenured, who has on the scoreboard, win after win after win after win and what he's doing and has always done so, it, it, does, it does make that that much more validated to me. You don't sell the solution, you sell the problem. And when I say this, I have to start excavating and really getting into the minds of the people that don't think I know what I'm talking about, or they think that they have something to lose by taking my advice there. It's not necessarily my advice, it's everyone's advice. Do you want to take the wrong advice from the wrong person? And take it from the people who do nothing but focus on that, or just miss out and lose on what you're doing. 
You do not sell the solution. You sell the problem. You don't sit in a meeting and tell them all the things you can do for them. That's not going to close. You sit in the meeting and you tell them everything that they have to miss out on. That's what's going to close. You tell them everything that's wrong with what they're doing and the risks that they have at hand with their actual plan. That's what the problem's going to end up being, isn't it? Sell the problem, not the solution. Use the problem to inflict more pain, to increase their buying threshold. Label their pain. Don't resonate with it. Don't say, I feel that way too. Label their pain. It sounds like you don't want to deal with this. It sounds like this is an issue. Another thing in negotiation is to say, how do you expect me to do that? It's how or what. What do you want me to do to make that happen? You give them the illusion of control. So autonomy is another big thing in the book that you're going to want to understand. Autonomy. I realize in sales, if I do a good you know, sales tactic, whatever it works, I then tell the person, hey, I used a sales tactic on you and it worked. Me and everybody else will protest to the end of time that it didn't work. Till the end of time, me and every other salesperson will protest that, no, it didn't work. Because you're taking away our sense of autonomy. So we have a very deep-seated belief that we have free will. Fact or fiction doesn't matter. The fact that it's an instinct is the part to pay attention to here. And so decisions must be made with giving the the other person the most strongest feeling of personal autonomy within the decision that you could possibly gain from them. Even a, a, a beaten tramp slave, however historically you'd put that archetype, is still not going to do what they do out of anything but autonomy. We are doing what we do because we decided to do it. A sense of autonomy. People need that. So many times I've been able to close, but then I've said with my own arrogance, ha, that's so crazy. I closed it with that. They're like, wait a minute. Now I'm making them feel like I made the decision for them and they don't have a sense of autonomy. So when people say you have to make them feel that it's their decision, I think it would be better put because that is, does not explain it well at all. It's not that you're making them make it feel like it's their decision. It's that it is their decision. And the only thing you're doing is not making it seem like it's not their decision. That's the problem. It already is their decision. You ain't making them think that. That's already true. It's when the seller begins to have this grandiosity that we all have that convinces us that we made the sale happen. And that's when you start to unconsciously make the person feel that you're taking away their autonomy. Which, to be true, to be honest, you, you never could take away their autonomy. They're making their own decisions. So that should teach you about life, that stupid-ass decisions lead to stupid-ass outcomes and to make great decisions. However, that being said, do not take away a person's sense of autonomy. They won't do whatever it is you're saying to do, no matter what. No matter how logical it is. And so what you don't do is say, hey, 
I think we should do this instead. It's great. That's not going to close. What you say is, hey, we only can do this right now. We can do other things other times, but I, I don't think you want to miss out. And I don't want to miss out on this great thing that could happen. Because we decided they will. It doesn't matter how logical or good that sounds. That's the craziest part. It's the fact that that plays on the amygdala and fear and what they don't want instead of what they do want. So you're going to close a person on what they don't want two times as much as you'll ever close a person on what they want. So start figuring out what the person has. Use leverage of them not getting it to create fear. Label their values. Don't resonate with them. Oh, you feel this way. You seem to think this. No. Label them. Don't resonate with them and be sympathetic and empathetic. Be like, this is how you feel. This is what you value. And then don't take away their sense of autonomy. Give them the sense of control by asking what and how questions. And if I was to take away the biggest thing of all that so you don't miss out here and so you remember one thing. You sell the problem, not the solution. You sell them the fear of what they could miss out on. You sell them the fear of never reaching their potential. You sell them not getting the thing that they care about. Not getting the thing that they care about. You not getting the thing that you care about. You not getting the thing. Do you hear the how much power that phrase almost has over you? You not getting what you care about. You, it, it creates this really unconscious need to create action. So pain drives action far more than desire drives action. I believe it's something like that. And so don't miss out on this great knowledge that you just learned and not put it to test and never, ever, ever make something great out of what you're attempting to do. Make sure you take these skills, implement them in what you do, and you use them while they're here to not waste your time trying to close deals that you're not going to close because you're not a good enough negotiator. Chris Voss, never split the difference.